0: Welcome to the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour, episode 28. It's our San Diego Comic-Con recap. I'm Ali Matu, joined as always by the wonderful, awesome, amazing... AJ Conrad. How's it going, Conrad?
1: Good. I thought you were going to say my name.
0: (laughs) I was. I was going to say your name, say your name, but then I forgot to, and I didn't know if you wanted to, so I didn't say it.
1: You're getting too comfortable with this singing thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I might have have done that a few times in my couple of panels I was on this weekend. Um, Conrad, we are talking San Diego Comic-Con today. Um, We're going to do a full recap and get into some awesomeness. What's in our crossover chamber today?
1: Today in the crossover chamber, it is Warner Brothers versus Marvel. And I believe that the question is, who won Comic-Con?
0: One Comic-Con fight. And then uh, we will be recounting my top five San Diego Comic-Con okay. moments. It's been really hard for me to hold on to these moments and not tell you about them until the podcast. But I did my best. I didn't want to give you any spoilers. And uh, I, I'm very excited to share some stories with you.
1: Cool. Um, so- by the way, I do love your singing. I was just kidding.
0: <laughs> you
1: know I do. Uh,
0: oh, well, we should do a um, top five. Seeing nerd hour moments sometime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we should also mention that, um, you know, I really I, I know how um, how hard it is to get to San Diego Comic-Con and how um, expensive it is and how difficult it is to get tickets. So I did as much recording of panels as I could. So we're actually going to be releasing two San Diego Comic-Con episodes. This is the official Super Fantastic Nerd Hour episode 28, but we will also be having a bonus episode released as soon as Olimatu can get around to it and recover from the craziness of this weekend. And so that episode will be out as a bonus episode and it's going to have um, some of the panels and some um, interviews and some fun stuff on that one. So look out for that later this week.
1: I can't wait to hear it.
0: Oh, there's one panel in particular I can't wait for you to hear.
1: I think I know which one it might be.
0: <laughs> so um, so let's get started. We got a lot to recap, um, Conrad. And I think part of where to start on this story is why even go to san diego comic con so as i was alluding to just a moment ago it is an incredibly hard con to get into um they ha- it's the it's the biggest fan gathering biggest convention in the united states it's one of the largest gatherings in the world it's second only to some japanese conventions i think um it's incredibly hard to get these tickets not only are they expensive but there's a a kind of a lottery system to get them. If you had tickets last year, it's a lot easier for you to get tickets for next year. But, um, if you're the general public, it's kind of an open lottery. So the question I want to start with is why even bother going to San Diego comic con?
1: Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, it has grown into this insane thing. So, um, as a I am not a huge crowd person, but if it's a crowd full of people that are totally into the stuff that you love and it's, you know, some really cool stuff that's being announced and you get to go and and see all the people that are in your favorite shows and you get to really hang out with, I think for me, the biggest attraction would be to hang out with people that are also that into that stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a huge attraction. It's also very family friendly. And if you're into the cosplay thing, you get to to see everybody in all their crazy costumes. And it's just, you know, it's kind of like Halloween in July, in my opinion. <laughs> so so it's just I think it's it's just a lot of fun Um I have never been to San Diego Comic-Con, so I must confess that. Um, but we are going to, to New York Comic-Con this year. But I, I just think it's when you get that many like-minded people together, and specifically people that are into, like, geeky and nerdy things, we have a lot of fun together. Like, Yeah, we do. We have a ton of fun together. It's awesome. And, you know, and it's not... Um, I think there's been some stuff that's happened in recent years that I'm not so fond of, um, but you know, I think that's why you go and why you spend the money. And, and I mean, from a, from a geek perspective, you don't want to miss out. Like if there's some crazy big announcement or, or something that happens and you don't really want to miss it. And that's, that's part of the appeal. I think.
0: Yeah. I got to agree with you. Um, I wrote an article a few weeks ago called the good, bad and ugly psychology of comic con. It's on brain knows better. And the good was everything you just mentioned, the social aspect, meeting other fans, connecting with content creators, whether they're artists or writers or actors, um, uh, you have a chance to really meet these people, express your gratitude for the work they're doing. Um, and you get to, you get to buy a lot of cool stuff too. <laughs> you, get, you know, you get to buy these things that, um, really get to express your identity of what it is you care about it's comic con is really about people. And that's why we, we endure the exhausting nature of it. Um, whatever con you go to, there's always bad food at the convention center. Mm. It's overpriced. There's massive crowds, um, we've talked about Penny Arcade before and there's massive crowds there and there's massive crowds that knew at Comic-Con and all these conventions, there's long lines. Um, there's all that stuff, but it, it, that's why we go there. It's to connect with people. And, you know, I think you're alluding to some of the ugliness of Comic-Con where, where in large crowds, there's this idea of de-individuation. People experience themselves as an individual less so, and it kind of, um, makes it, Easier to do really dumb things, and we saw some of this at New York Comic Con in 2013. There was some harassment of female geeks. There was a lot of fake geek girl hate um, at um, previous cons. We saw that at WonderCon this year. There was a T-shirt that said, "I like my coffee. I like my geek girls like I like my coffee. I don't like coffee." You know, there was so there's there's been some ugly stuff, but. You know, fortunately, at New York Comic-Con uh, this year and in general, it's been pretty good. New York Times had an article just yesterday, I think, about um, how everyone at Comic-Con is sort of uh, exposed to all this viol- all these violent video games and violent TV shows and they're cosplaying with all these guns and all that stuff, and it's like the safest gathering of large mm-hmm. people. Ever. And the article is really funny. It kind of ends with, yeah, there was like one lost item and it was found. And you know, they're talking about how this should be the least safe place in the world if you believe the news. And it's no, it's so safe. There's no real violence that happened this year at all. Um, I think one of the cops um, who's interviewed on that says San Diego Comic Con is one of the safest, most pleasant crowds crowds to work with. Crime actually went down last year in downtown because of San Diego Comic-Con. And it reminds me of this quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I think sums it all up. He said this last year at San Diego Comic-Con, if Comic-Con people rule the world, the future would be invented daily and warfare would be nothing more than bar fights with toy lightsabers. That is the world I want. So I, I think it's, it is this ultimate gathering of like-minded, passionate geeks.
1: Yeah. But then you also have, you know, a zombie walk going on in San Diego, people in cars getting freaked out and sideswiping some, some woman <laughs> who yeah, is just a zombie. I mean, I know, you know, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make light of that at all. But, um, I just think any, any gathering where you have that many people, something is going to go wrong. Um,
0: unfortunately that woman was okay i think she had a broken leg but she kind of survived no she did
1: survive and apparently the driver of the car was i believe he may have been disabled um oh wow and his kids were freaking out because the zombies were surrounding the car but then like after he injured her all of them converged upon the car and were like rapping on the windows like i can't imagine like if you were kids in that car that's like a traumatizing event for the rest of your life
0: Oh, um, yeah, it's that would be a difficult experience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but no, and I, I have seen this, um, there's this whole thing, and you know, you and I have discussed this before, when things become mainstream, there's always this uh, sort of a negative feeling from some of the people that were fans from the beginning, sort of like, I discovered this first, so it's my territory, and... I don't because you came to this later then you're not you're not really a fan yeah and and I I really dislike that way of thinking I really do um is that what you were
0: talking about with some of the stuff that you haven't been as happy about in recent years
1: yeah um because you know what the thing is it's it's if you have these amazing creative shows, if you have well-written shows, it like really imaginative things. I want more people to like them because to me that means that more shows will be made, and yes, you will get the people that are trying to do this stuff and don't do it well and try to try to do it, and it turns into like Charmed, you know. But sure. um, but you also get some really great things out of it, and you get more people and more money and more funding. I you know especially from an independent part of the the creative side of things, um, especially through like Kickstarter and other things where you see all these very new content creators coming in and having that support and they wouldn't be able to have that support if there wasn't this huge popularity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, there was a really great article on uh, io9 by a uh, Indie Comic-Con um, a person. Who, I think he, this person's with Image. And he said, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how Comic-Con isn't focused on comics anymore. But he goes into this essay talking about how it's great for indie creators. And, and anyone who isn't Marvel and DC gets a ton of attention. Um, just to quote a little bit, focusing on Marvel and DC at the expense of the dozens of other publishers, and comics and then declaring comics a failure at San Diego Comic-Con is incredibly myopic. It's a mistake to think that Marvel and DC are all that mattered and that their events or announcements dictate the future of capital C comics. Marvel and DC are comics, just like the other publishers, and they make some great ones when they let their creators do their own thing. But at this point, you can't treat them like the entirety of the comic book industry or even two companies that can dictate the future of comics. They run the movies and that's cool, but running comics, it's just not true anymore. Image in particular outsells Marvel in the book market as far as trade paperbacks go, and that holds true in the comic book market lately too. Um, People like Marvel and DC, but they want more than Marvel and DC. And so it it is um, indie creators. um, It's fantastic for them because these are individuals who might not get exposure or at least uh, attention from larger press at other events. But you can come to Comic-Con and actually be able to get explore, explore and get exposed to a ton of other stuff beyond Marvel and DC.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm not... Yes, I I do see like I do see the point that it also means that there there's sometimes a, there are mediocre things that come out into the market and you just kind of have to accept that. But, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, all this stuff has a level of cheesiness to it that people kind of accept and adore as well. There's a, there's like definitely that kind of um That stuff out there, which isn't, you know, maybe not extraordinarily well made, but imaginatively made and done with a lot of hearts and done with, you know, whatever budget you might have lying around and people forgive that stuff. So I just, I feel like people should be a little less, have a little less nerd rage over some of it. Um, And then the fangirl thing, uh, it's just so disheartening because, you know, I get it and it's kind of like, well... You know what? Just let everybody have fun. I feel, do you feel like this is like sort of a weird reaction to the booth babe thing?
0: It's, I think it's an assumption that, um, fans who are female are booth babes, you know, and, you know, the whole quote, booth babes, these are individuals who are hired to basically, um, work the booths and to, there might be models. They might have some background like that, but I think there is this assumption. And one of my favorite rebuttals to this is a video done by, uh, Jennifer LaDonna, I believe is, uh, I hope I'm spelling, uh, saying her name, name, right. Um, Jennifer, um, did this amazing satire for last year's, uh, comic con where it was, it's called dear fake geeks go away. And it's turning this back around against guys and talking about these fake geek boys where she's going up to these buff, like, um, cosplayers without their shirts on this one guy who's dressed as bane and she's like now are you a real geek or are you one of those fake geek boys and he's like well i am a, i'm a big fan of bane and he's uh, you know not, he's not breaking character and she's going around and saying do you believe that we should start issuing geek cards to prove that people are real geeks i think it's The satire is great and it kind of breaks this whole thing down. Um, It's, I think it's, it's a lot of things. It's, um, it's sexism. It is, um, some people who may not have met, uh, it's, it's some of the stereotypes about what a geek is and then when you see someone who doesn't exactly fit that idea it's that i think it's also something you and i have talked about before it's you know a lot of geeks have a history of being marginalized and sometimes that means we are more sensitive to these things and we're we're more welcoming sometimes i think it means we uh, might react the same way towards other people who don't quite fit our mold um I think we saw this a little bit with some of the backlash that happened at San Diego Comic-Con when Twilight came to San Diego. There was a huge negative reaction to Twilight fans coming to San Diego. And like, these aren't the real fans. You know, these aren't the people who are supposed to be at Comic-Con. But, you know, who is supposed to be at Comic-Con nowadays? It's not just about comic books anymore. It's a 25-year-old thing. You know, this thing has been around for a long time. Uh, I like comic books, but I'm primarily a sci-fi guy. Like, do I belong at Comic-Con? You know, and who does?
1: Yeah, I I think everybody belongs. But, you know, a lot of people must feel like they belong because, I, like, what, 130,000 people in attendance this year? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, abs- oh, 130,000, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And, uh, yeah, I think it's... I do think it's huge. Maybe it has gotten a little too big just in terms of like numbers, but well, let's let's
0: talk about that because this was actually one of the first years where we might have some evidence of that. It's been talked about before. Is the Comic Con bubble going to burst? And we should clarify for listeners that San Diego Comic Con is, uh, it's run by Comic Con International. It's a nonprofit. Um, they run, um, a couple other conferences. They run WonderCon and, um, the other regional conferences are not run by the same group. And New York Comic-Con that we're going to is run by a different company. And um, every region kind of has its own thing. So while Sometimes you say, oh, I'm going to Comic-Con. People are like, oh, I went to Comic-Con. And you're like, wait, really? You went to Comic-Con? They're like, yeah, I went to Comic-Con in Salt Lake City. And that's like a different thing. It's run by a different group. So when we're using Comic-Con here, we're talking about San Diego Comic-Con. And there was a great article on Slash Film this year titled, Is Hollywood Giving Up on Comic-Con? What's Missing from the 2014 Schedule and What It Means? So the gist of the article was next year should be one of the biggest years in cinema history. We are getting some gigantic sequels and uh, big genre movies. Everything from um, a brand new Avengers to Interstellar to Jurassic World, the Fantastic Four reboot, a new Terminator, Mad Max, Fast and Furious 7, a new Hunger Games, Tomorrowland... Uh, big Hero 6, uh, Dumb and Dumber 2, and then down the pipe, Pike, Pike, Pipe. what is it? Pike. pike? Thank you, Conrad, um, is Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Star Wars Episode 7. However, they were commenting that the schedule was missing many of these big movies. Um, and some studios like Disney and Universal and Lionsgate weren't even showing up at all. Uh, Disney minus Marvel wasn't showing up. So what do you think? Has the bubble burst a little?
1: Well, I, I think that when you are trying to get people's attention and you have this much stuff going on, I think the concern, especially from the studios, is that why are we putting this much money out there when we're not even able to really make a splash? I mean, I, I think if you have very specific things where you can make a splash at Comic-Con, you're going to leverage that and put that in and, and say, okay, we're going to go and and we're going to announce there, we're going to have panels there and whatever. But I think you have to pick and choose and decide which is going to make uh, have like the biggest ripple effect. No. I mean, that's... It, it, y- I, I, I also think I also think that there's like a lot of other avenues in addition to Comic-Con. There's smaller cons. There's just a ton. I mean, I actually think social media just provides so much coverage for this kind of thing. Um, and geeks on social media are super active. So, I mean, I honestly think that they just they, they probably have pared down what they're doing for that reason.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and if we look at last year, um we had movies like Pacific Rim. It was a darling of Comic-Con. Big panel. People were very excited about it. And uh, it didn't do that well that that year. Um, and you've had other movies like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I believe was screened at Comic-Con. And it didn't translate into... Um, a, a bigger box office um, success for the studio. So I think um, for the last decade, Hollywood has believed that perhaps Comic-Con was this magic solution to increase their revenue and directly get to these fans who are very active on social media, do all this stuff, get some good buzz. But it hasn't really translated too much. And I think part of that is the fans that show up at Comic-Con, they're outliers. They're kind of super fans. And they're probably going to see these movies already. And the people that you um, necessarily want to reach out to might not be at Comic-Con. It's also very expensive. If you think about it, like you take like Marvel, for example. Um, you know, we're going to get into their announcements. They brought in the, almost the whole cast of the new Avengers. They brought in the, uh, the cast of Ant-Man that costs a lot of money
1: Mm -hmm.
0: paying for their hotel, paying for their transportation, paying for their entourage, um, paying to make sure the, the, the talent is happy. Um, that's a lot of money. And is it, you know, it's not uncommon for these big studios to spend millions of dollars just to make their panel happen. Um, And I got to tell you, Conrad, I'm, you know, I, we do the super fantastic nerd hour and and all of that, but I'm not, I'm not covering this for my day job. Um, Like I'm not going to Comic-Con for my day job. The panels I went to are not the panels that we're going to talk about in this first segment. Um, because I would have to wait overnight to get into hall H and all of that. I was, I'm more interested in the other type of fan panels where you might hear from some of the writers or they might bring, uh, different celebrities together to talk about, um, these different ideas and movements, or there might be anniversary panels, uh, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 30th anniversary panel. That kind of <laughs> stuff is what I'm more interested
1: in. Or the Firefly panel.
0: Or the Firefly panel, right? And and the other stuff, the stuff that is Hall H, the stuff that um, – Hall H, for those of you who haven't been to Comic-Con, is the big room that people camp out for. Um, most of that stuff is online by Monday. So I don't necessarily see too much value. Um, I guess as a journalist, maybe you do have to be there. Uh, but as a fan – I am so much more interested in spending time and meeting other people um, that I I can't make that sacrifice to camp out um, overnight. And the other thing is there's there's this group of panels at San Diego Comic-Con that do feel very much like an advertisement where they might not have questions from the audience. Um, some companies showing up, showing the new video game they're working on, the new movie, the new TV show, and they might bring some talent on stage and then they usher them off stage. But there's really no love of the passion of the community and all of that. I'm not really interested in in that kind of stuff too much. So I don't know. Um, Hollywood wasn't really as big of a presence there. And was there any big news that broke out? out of comic-con that kind of reached you someone who, who was like on the other side of uh of the country
1: well you know which piece of news reached me instantaneously which die was die prince
0: die prince what news would that
1: be uh that would be the reveal of wonder woman um the, dun, za- dun, dun. Uh, za- the we, we got to see an image of uh gal gadot um uh, is that how you say her name
0: Gal Gadot, I, I believe, yeah.
1: Um, in her Wonder Woman outfit, uh, Zack Snyder's vision of what Wonder Woman looks like. And so, of course, the minute it came out, everybody was sending me photos, asking me what I thought of it. <laughs> Does Wonder Woman have a sword? Um, you were not the only person that asked that of me, Ali. <laughs> thank
0: goodness, thank goodness. Um, I, I, had my, I had my geek crit challenged really significantly when I um and you know asked the random person next to me about that
1: a ton of people asking about you know this looks like xena and all this other stuff and i'm like well yes it looks like xena because xena's kind of a ripoff of wonder woman <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i guess you could go there um you know i i see what they're trying to do there i'm not wild about the the colors and how muted it is. Um, I, I don't you know it's it's a little bit of what what we you you and I talked about this offline a little bit, but I think that there's this initial reaction when people are trying to to show you know a new character or or do an intro um and there's there is usually immediate and this is the one thing i i don't there's immediate nerd rage over certain things, and I heard I saw a lot of people saying that she just isn't um she isn't woman enough and she's in all this and you know what she's actually a she's a she looks very athletic and wonder woman's supposed to be athletic and maybe this is like a different vision of that and i'm not before actually seeing her in action i don't really want to tear her down um but you know this is from the person who sat through that abysmal wonder woman pilot that was on (laughs) did you ever see that
0: I I have the one that was filmed a couple of years ago. Yes, it it I,
1: is unwatchable. I haven't
0: actually seen it. No,
1: it's pretty bad. Um, but but again, it's like I was very excited to see it. Like I wish she would looked a little bit more distinctive in terms of the costume, because you, you can mute. You know, you don't have to go those crazy colors, but you could make it a little bit more interesting. And it looks kind of mud colored to me. <laughs>
0: um so my first reaction to seeing it was um I, I you know I was ex- the last in- incarnation that I'm familiar with is, you know, Linda Carter's. And um that was a very bright and colorful and much more patriotic um in its its palette. And this, like you were saying, is very muted. Um so that kind of took me by surprise. But you know, I got to tell you I maybe it's because I've seen the image over and over and over again for the past few days, but it's really grown on me. It looks very um it looks very usable. It looks like it's this some type of like Xena esque kind of um, a little bit of a flexible material I don't know if it's leather or what it's supposed to be but it looks like something that you could actually fight in.
1: It kind of looks more like she's dressed in metal but I'm not sure <laughs> um, but she's Wonder Woman so she can get away with it and also she's a warrior she's supposed to be able to fight and hence, this, the sword. hence the sword she's got an arsenal of weapons that I think unless you read the comics or you're familiar with her you don't really know I mean she's got some insane stuff going on that she can do. Um.
0: well, and it's got it's got the trademark WW um on on the uh, kind of on the belt area and it's got um an eagle sort of on the top of the outfit. Um so it it's got some cool stuff, I got to admit. Um honestly, the thing I'm also excited about is it's yeah, it's muted, um, but it's also it looks like she's on a, like a volcano or near a volcano. Um, there's like looks like there's lava. I don't know if it's lens flare. Flare. I'm thinking it's lava. So I'm kind of interested to see where is she and what's going on there and what's the context here. You know the the images they've released of Batman. It's clearly it's like he's very dark and it's Gotham and he's very sad. Um, and then Batman or Superman is. Um, I don't know where Superman is, but he looks very like mad too. So this is very dark.
1: (laughs) It is dark, but I mean, and the other thing is, I like the New Fifty Two came out, and that's a reimagining of a lot of these characters and a reboot of a lot of these characters. And I mean, the the long and the short of it, Wonder Woman's supposed to be a warrior, so so she's an Amazon. So like, let her let her be warrior. Um, is Gal Gadot who I was envisioning as Wonder Woman? No, but I'm willing to give her a shot.
0: I think she kind of looks the part. Um, I know there was a lot of criticism of that, but I think, um, I believe, and according to this one image that we have, um, I think she looks the part.
1: I think that she is a little slight to be Wonder Woman personally, but, um, but I am, I'm willing to give her a chance.
0: We shall see. But since we're on the topic, let's talk about the Superman versus Batman panel. So Zack Snyder came out. He showed a minute of footage. Um, Not that I would condone such behavior, but you can find the minute of footage on the Internet. It's always posted and taken down. Um, There's no spoilers here, but basically you see Batman in... um, and in unif- an outfit that's similar to *The Dark Knight Returns*, for those of you who have seen that, and, or have read that, and then um, it's Henry Cavill as Superman, looking very angry, and that's kind of the basic footage. It's, he came out, showed a minute of footage, had some slideshows of concept art coming or uh, appearing on the screens while he was talking, and then he invites Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, and Gal Gadot onto the stage. They walk out. They take a selfie with Chris Hardwick, and then they walk off stage, and that's it.
1: That's pretty lame. (laughs) It's What? What were
0: they doing, Conrad? I don't understand. You're going to spend all this money, hold production on your movie that's filming right now, fly into San Diego, have your three principal leads appear together for the very first time, not say a single word. And by the way, Ben Affleck looked very confused when he walked out on stage. Um Henry Cavill looked good though, I must say. He looked he looked pretty good, he looked pretty honky, he looked pretty he, he, let's just say he looked good. Um and then they walk off whoa, stage. Whoa, whoa, is,
1: whoa. Do you have a little crush on Henry Cavill?
0: i okay, so I saw Henry Cavill um on the Superman seventy-five panel at San Diego last year. And he was such a gentleman. He was such a nice guy. He was answering all these questions. I think I've had a little bit of a fanboy crush on <laughs> Henry Cavill ever since. Um, but I got to tell you, he really... If you look at this video footage, and we'll, we'll put the link up in the show notes, man, this guy looks like Superman. Um
1: Yeah, too bad. Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, Conrad. It was a bit of a a letdown here. They had Batman's cowl on display in the exhibit hall, and it looks very, like, angry and very dark, as everything does in this film. And they actually had um, all the Batman cowls from all the different versions uh, up on display. I was hoping for more here. I I know everyone is hoping for the Wonder Woman reveal. We got that, but um, I was hoping for more.
1: Well, yeah, because you kind of you don't come to a panel like that just to watch them take a selfie. That's to me, that's thumbing your nose at the fans. A bit. I
0: agree. Totally.
1: totally. Um, and maybe there were reasons for doing that, but then say that or something. But don't don't just do that because, you know, people probably were waiting. How long were you waiting to get in there?
0: I didn't. i not. I you did not didn't go to, this to that one. panel. No. no, but
1: you I'll, know that people must have been waiting to get in there. And it's oh, just yeah, kind of like, Overnight. you know, they, they did that. That's just to, to me. That's despicable.
0: So um before we get off the topic of uh, uh Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice uh, did you see Lucy Lawless's tweet about the outfit
1: I did it yeah. was very funny
0: So she called it Xena meets Spartacus uh, which is which is good so but I think you're right um, it, it all kind of goes around comes around um Zena was goes back to one, um, Wonder Woman.
1: Zena is such a ripoff of Wonder Woman. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. And I mean, granted, they, these things all rip off of each other, so it's not. You know, I don't want to get get too far down that rabbit hole, but give like please. You, you like look at what Lucy Lawless looks like, and you cannot tell me they weren't trying to go for a Linda Carter look alike.
0: You know, Lucy Lawless almost looks like Gail Gadot's mom. And now, if you put the two of them side by side, it looks like they could be related.
1: I, I'm sure Lucy Lawless would be really super happy to hear. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see that she is going to be joining uh, a certain show?
0: What certain show is she joining? She I did not see this.
1: Is going to be joining the um, the cast of Agents of Shield.
0: What? I totally missed out on this news.
1: Yeah. so that's huge. I'm pretty excited to see her again. I like her. She's great.
0: Well, let's kind of jump into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. then. Um, that's kind of transitioning to Marvel here. Uh, they had a big panel and they kind of talked a little bit more about their spinoff show that's going to be co- coming out, Agent Carter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they that seemed to be pretty successful. They had a good amount of their uh of their crew there, uh, their cast I should say. Um so yeah, I'm not following Agents of Shield, so I didn't really pay attention to that news too closely, but it sounds like people were happy.
1: So you know, I may or may not be a be a big fan of, of Lucy Laws. I think she's great. Um, you know, Zena was what it was, uh, but yeah. she was also awesome in Battlestar. Oh, she was fantastic in Battlestar. So she's done like a ton of shows that I think you know they they have been awesome. So so yeah, I think Agents of Shield got a lot better uh, toward the end of this season, and but I do I do think they need some new blood. So.
0: One of the cool things that some of the news that did reach me from that panel is um, Marvel announced that not only is Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D existing in the Marvel cinematic universe, but so are these, um, Netflix shows that they're working on right now. So there's a few Netflix shows coming out. There's going to be a daredevil show and those are also going to exist in that universe. So there's a potential of all of these things tying into each other. Um, so Marvel really is creating this large universe of storytelling, which is pretty cool to see that, um, taking shape.
1: Yeah, it's cool and I'm I'm really psyched to see that they're they're being smart about how they're linking different storylines into each other.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that
1: they're just not creating like recreating the wheel every time and being like, "Okay, this is a separate universe." They really are trying to cross market. And I think that that's a smart thing to do and it's fun for everybody when that happens.
0: Totally. So speaking of Marvel, um, their film panel was a pretty big hit on Saturday. Um, they they had um, they did not have Joss Whedon, um, and they didn't have Scarlett Johansson. But beyond that, they had the whole cast of Iron Man three there. Um, they announced who is playing Thanos. They didn't really say where Thanos is appearing in what movies. Potentially, he might be the main villain of Avengers three. Um, but they did have they did announce that Josh Brolin is going to be Thanos. Um, they announced Guardians of the Galaxy two, even though the movie isn't out yet. Um, they're so. Excited about it. They already said Guardians 2 is going to be out in 2017 and that James Gunn is returning as writer and director. Um, And then they had a big Ant-Man panel. Um, They had Paul Rudd out, who's going to be Ant-Man. They had Michael Douglas. Um, That's kind of a big deal that we finally saw Ant-Man, which has been teased for so long at Comic-Con. So Marvel um, and then Marvel. Did you see that big poster? That they have of um, Avengers Age of Ultron.
1: Yes, I did. And it looked pretty cool. So
0: I saw it, Conrad, and I was kind of disappointed.
1: At the poster?
0: Yeah, I was.
1: Well, it's propaganda. You know, like it's not meant to, I don't know. To me, it was very much a Comic-Con type of thing to see. Look,
0: it is a Comic Con thing to see and they've released concept art and stuff like that for movies that are like a year or so before being released. But here's what I didn't like about it. Now, it shows like all these like uh, Ultron's minions around and you see Quicksilver and Iron Man and Hulk and uh, Black Widow and uh, all these people like fighting them. Right. But I saw that poster and all I could see was this is the worst part of Iron Man three it's it's these like mindless drones and it was also the worst part of the first avengers um besides loki the villains that they're fighting are these nameless aliens these this mass of aliens and i didn't really think the stakes were too high in avengers or in um iron man 3 when you're fighting a bunch of drones it's the it's a phantom menace problem it does you don't really care um so i saw that poster and while it looked cool the whole time i was thinking I don't really I don't believe that any of these characters are in real danger it doesn't really seem to matter much to me.
1: Well, that's always the problem, though, right? The villain issue.
0: And th- that's the larger problem I have with pretty much every Marvel movie.
1: Villainy! Um, There's not enough villainy, Conrad! <laughs> no, Conrad, I, I just don't...
0: Can you name one Marvel villain, besides Loki, that you care about?
1: Ali, uh, you, know, you and I agree on this point. You know that. Okay. I'm just teasing you. All right, um, okay. But um, <laughs>
0: Dear listeners, let us know if you have any villains that you care about. I can't name a single... I can't name the villain of Thor 2. I can't really name the villain of Captain America 2, even though I loved that movie. Um, I hope Guardians has a good villain. I. I, I have no idea, but you know big deal
1: speaking of guardians is coming up this weekend i am very excited
0: i just got my tickets uh like a couple hours ago
1: um speaking of other things that happened during comic-con i kept seeing like in all these different feeds and whatever steven amell or steve amell popping up everywhere um and so he he is the star of arrow which is the dc it's based on the dc comic and, and it's an uh, incredibly popular
0: show. I haven't seen it, but it's very popular.
1: Um, It's very popular, but it was like everywhere he was popping up doing selfies. It was all this stuff. Everybody was mentioning him all over the place. So, uh, you know, in my mind, he was doing whatever he was doing. He was doing it right at Comic-Con.
0: See, that's what I love. That's one of the things I, I really love about Comic-Con is when some of the celebrities get into the excitement and either they're doing fan um, fan kind of stuff. Um, like last year, I think Simon Pegg walked around Comic-Con in a stro- uh, Stormtrooper helmet, so no one knew it was him, but he got to like enjoy the Comic-Con experience like that. Nathan Fillion does stuff like this. I love it when people do that, and that's one of the reasons why um, it was, I thought, the Warner Brothers panel wasn't that good, but we'll, we'll save that for the crossover. Um, I love that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's fun when people do stuff like that. Uh, I also saw a little uh, photo of, of Jack Black walking around like with a stormtrooper helmet on
0: Jack Black, who's going to be starring in the Goosebumps movie. Mm hmm. Which was uh, they they had a panel about that. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by that. I, I read a lot of Goosebumps as a kid, and uh, I'm wondering what that's going to be like.
1: Yeah, I I loved Goosebumps too. I would really love to see some some John Belair's films too, but they might be a little too freaky. <laughs> Did you ever read those books? Those might be no. Those, those might be a little too. You know, of you know, I think they were already gone by the time you probably got to that point uh-huh. um but he used to read they remind me a little bit of um the series of unfortunate events books, oh yeah. the way they're written um and they were illustrated by edward Gorey. and he, there was a specific book that got me into him but also made me like have nightmares <laughs> and it was a book <laughs> called the house with the clock in the walls and it was very like just super dark, but there are all these weird little things, like written in little sentences, written in like about the different adults in the books that are like really kind of disturbing when you read them as an adult. But as a kid, you're like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it's like super dark and, and ton in tongue and cheek. So I'm always I'm always surprised that they haven't really done something with those books.
0: Well, speaking of Dark, um, one of the other things that uh, did break into the news for me was uh, the Hobbit panel. Mm. They had Stephen Colbert was moderating it, it, and um, fans know he had a little cameo in the last Hobbit film. Um, So he came out in costume as the master of Lake Town. And um kind of did this big speech about Hobbit, um, had some of the cast came out um, and it was it was kind of a nice celebration of um, of this last uh, Peter Jackson film. Uh, and one of my favorite things to read about that panel was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was asked a question about the difference between the two characters he plays Sauron and smog. Um, and his answer was, One's a dragon, and one's an all-seeing, non-corporeal entity of evil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which I thought was a pretty awesome answer. So, again, that footage is all online. We'll put it in the show notes. But if you're a fan of the series, it was a nice uh, send-off from uh, a super fan celebrity. Or a celebrity who's a super fan of The Hobbit. Cool. Did you see the other piece of news that broke out the Mad Max Fury Road trailer I did oh my gosh what do you think
1: it looks pretty cool to me
0: it looks kind of awesome I think this was one of the the big surprises of uh, Comic Con is how awesome this looked it kind of reminds me of like, uh, like a dystopian Fast and Furious movie um, but more awesome um, so I, I really am excited to see this film
1: I'm very excited Um, and it looked like it looks fantastic. It was a good little sneak peek. Definitely.
0: Um, The other movie that did have a presence at Comic-Con that I was also pretty excited about was Interstellar. Um, Chris Nolan, who is usually pretty anti-Comic-Con in the sense that he hasn't brought his Batman films to Comic-Con and he hasn't been at Comic-Con before. He was there. And he brought, uh, all right, all right, all right, uh, Matthew McConaughey hmm. uh, to the panel as well. Um, and it was, they, they showed a little bit more. They showed a little bit more about the destinations that they're going to be visiting. Again, link in the show notes. Um, but uh, Matt, Chris Nolan talked a little bit about why he's interested in the subject matter he is. And he said, um, I'm just very interested in people and in the objective versus subjective, objective reality versus subjective reality. And uh, it sounds like this is going to be um, a big theme of the the film, kind of like Inception was.
1: Hmm. And
0: I really am a huge fan of his movies, and this is probably a a big one on my list that I I can't wait to see later this year.
1: I can't wait to see it. I saw the trailer, and it's one of those things like... You know, you know how I dislike going to see films in New York. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. And because it's, you know, you have to get there early, and they know it, so they make you sit through, at, like, seriously, almost 45 minutes of trailers. And, I, like, I love seeing trailers. Like, some of them are totally great, but the majority are terrible. And the majority but-
0: are horrible. <laughs>
1: But this trailer
0: that you've never been comes a love story you've heard so many times
1: already. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But (laughs) this trailer came on, and seriously, the theater got quiet, and Bill and I were watching it and just totally. I, I was like I want to see this like it looked so amazing um, and beautiful just gorgeous. Um, you know why
0: you love the trailer so much? Because it was an actual trailer. It was um, it it was telling the story of what this film will be without really giving away the film. Right, uh, and they do that so much less often now. Um, there's there's a great video I'll link to in the show notes about how much these trailers give away now, and what they do is they basically take the original star wars movie and they redo it as if it was um a trailer told nowadays i saw and, it oh yeah it's hilarious right they're like uh, this story about a boy who grows up to meet his father but his father is actually a bad guy who doesn't realize is his father but he finds out as the movie unfolds
1: well speaking of um you know i i was talking with stewart about the walking dead sneak peek Mm-hmm. And of
0: the reanimated
1: of the re- reanimated podcast, PCAST, whatever you want to call it PCast um, on Twitter. Yes. Conrad. Yes. Come on. It's true. It's true. Um, but in any case, we were talking about it and I, you know, maybe I'm just a little jaded, but I've kind of come to expect that. The closer you get to a season premiere, the more they're going to reveal, and maybe because you know so many storylines. I know that the show has has gone pretty far away from the 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 books at this point, the comic books. But um, you know, he was very upset that not very upset, but annoyed that they were revealing so much um,
0: in the in the Walking Dead trailer.
1: Yeah, because you know yeah. the, the the season ended on a cliffhanger, so the new season is is one would hope that it would start on the cliffhanger but it's clear that that's not what they did with their you know, I, I gotta, their sneak I, peek was pretty extensive
0: I got to agree with you that's it was a pretty extensive trailer and um I'm hoping it's only scenes from the first episode because if it's not it is revealing some at least some big themes that are going to be happening this season which is very unlike AMC AMC always like if if anyone here watches um Mad Men, you guys know that the previews for next episode are really cryptic and make no sense. And you have absolutely no idea what's coming next. And they're kind of, they're not as bad on Walking Dead, but they're not very clear either. Um, Pretty much after watching the trailer, all you know is that people are going to be in danger. Um, But this trailer, this preview was pretty extensive. I will say the one thing that's nice about the Walking Dead panel is there was. (laughs) There was a, you know what I'm talking about? Uh,
1: yeah, we actually okay, we talked we talked about this. There was somebody in full on Walker cosplay <laughs> makeup and kept asking questions, just whether they had, you know, what what they were doing about bite awareness, and you know, just a few days ago, I lost my life and my house and my whatever, and and it was the apparently the actors were responding to this in in with a good sense of humor. I think yeah. they were also somebody had like like a whole can of pudding or something. Chandler Riggs
0: uh, who plays Carl Grimes brought um a giant can of pudding just like he has um on this past season of uh of Walking Dead.
1: Uh, I should have assumed that it was him who brought it. I just thought it was like a marketing thing. So,
0: um, so Well they, they were the, the the actors were in good spirits and they they did a really nice job about this and you know I mean in Conrad I think this takes us into the whole interesting area of TV versus movies at Comic-Con. You know, the only other two big movie announcements was we're getting another Godzilla (laughs) and, (laughs) and starring Mothra, Rodan and King, um, King Gaiadora. Um, so, You know, there's going to be a big Godzilla movie and it's uh, Garth Edwards is returning after he makes his Star Wars spinoff. So if you like the Godzilla movie, I guess we're going to get more of it. And the other big movie news was uh, which confused everyone was Skull Island is coming. Mm -hmm. I guess a sequel or a prequel to King Kong. Um, The audience kind of didn't know how to respond to that one. But beyond that, the big news was all TV. There was a massive Game of Thrones panel where they really uh, re- uh, revealed major casting news. Um, there was a really big Hannibal panel where they showed off a lot of footage. You already mentioned the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news with casting news there. They showed off a, a blooper reel for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was very fantastic. Um, and then um, Gotham. The TV show coming out this fall. It was um, uh, previewed. Uh, Flash was previewed. Constantine was previewed. Mm-hmm. I Zombie was
1: Constantine.
0: Cons. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Send your complaints to <laughs> at Oli Mate. Um, and the other thing, I, my my buddy and my buddy who was my um, my best friend traveling with me to Comic Con, Loen Baumgarten. He and I tried to get into the Outlander panel, which, um, uh, as many people know, is based on this very famous, uh, very popular book series. And I wanted to go because it's Ron D Moore's new show. You might know him from Star Trek: Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Battlestar Galactica. Um, we could not get in, Conrad. It went around the corner. Out the exhibit hall, outside, down these stairs, and then around another corner. I'm
1: not surprised at all.
0: (laughs) Massive line. And that was, I should say, that was about two hours before the panel. Hmm. And it was it was that big. So um, and then there was another sci fi show called Ascension, which is this space opera that that they're going to be doing. The Orphan Black panel I tried to get into, could not get into that as well. Um, there was a Star Wars Rebels panel where they showed off a lot of footage. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Remy made an announcement that he's trying to make an Evil Dead TV series with Bruce Campbell. I thought you'd be interested in uh, that.
1: Yes, was. yes. We we talked about that <laughs> on Reanimated as well. And I was much more excited than young Mr. Tiffin.
0: <laughs> so a lot of TV news coming out. Is Comic Con going from um, being a, a major Hollywood movie announcement venue to a TV con?
1: well i think it's it's this ties into some of what we were talking about before i think from a a content point of view and uh uh, you know just in in terms of what people are doing think about how annoying it is to go to watch films i still love watching movies like i don't when you hear me talk about how annoying how annoying i think watching movies um is, is in new york it's Not because I don't like watching movies in the theater or else I wouldn't continue to do so, (laughs) even though I'm so annoyed. It's the movie watching experience. And, you know, we've talked about a few places that do it right Um, And there's few
0: of them. There's very few. There's
1: very few. And, you know, some of it's like a general respect thing in terms of like people that are going in to buy tickets to these things. You would think that if you're spending that much money to go to see a film or, or whatever you're going to see, that you would also respect everybody else around you. But that doesn't happen a lot of the time. And I sound like, you know such a curmudgeon right now, but
0: I, I don't think you do necessarily, but I, I hear, well, I hear this from people from, a wide age range. And, um, and,
1: and you know, there's some films that you really want to see on the big screen, you know, so that's what's so like frustrating Like Marvel's about it.
0: Guardians of Galaxy.
1: Well, a lot of that stuff. But, you know, the thing is, is that generally what people are doing on their commutes or in their car, you know, like if they're, um, you know, taking the, if they're traveling um, kids in the backseat of the car, people are watching uh, They're watching TV shows. They're binge watching on Netflix. They're watching on Amazon. They're watching web series. They're watching on YouTube. Their things have changed a lot. So I think the shift that you're seeing is just like a reflection of what's actually happening.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And there's we were living in such an awesome era of tv Uh people have called us the the golden age of the tv drama and the quality of what you see on tv has really improved tremendously i I'd, I'd say since about the um the mid 2000s um and it's just cheaper it's easier and uh you're not really missing out on anything the other thing here is there's also um People have larger TVs and you can replicate that home theater experience. We've talked about this in our um, Oscars episode about the kind of the future of cinema. Um, and there's few movies that I, I do want to see on the big screen. I think I watch more movies in theaters for this show, but there's quite a few movies that we reviewed that I wouldn't have seen if if we weren't doing the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. So, Conrad, I mean, I just paid $32 for two tickets to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I'm, I'm happy to pay that much because what I'm getting. Now, it's a movie I'm really looking forward to. It's a movie that I think needs to be seen on the big screen. I'm seeing it in IMAX 3D. I'm seeing it in a real IMAX 3D theater, which has assigned seating. So I'm willing to pay a little bit more so I don't have to show up You know, an hour and a half before the movie starts like you do have to do in New York City. So I'm willing to pay that much money for something like that. Now, there's a ton of other stuff and much of the stuff that was talked about at Comic-Con that I might not necessarily want to see or want to spend that much money for. So it is really interesting. To see this trend moving towards TV. And um, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts uh, Comic-Con moving forward. Speaking of TV, the one thing I did want to highlight, though, is uh, Orphan Black. While I couldn't get into the panel. um, And they also had an Orphan Black meetup where they had a... um, Uh, They had like a a lot of different stuff going on over there. They're doing a – they're giving stuff away. They had a buffet for fans, all that kind of stuff. One thing that was really cool is um, they started out their Comic-Con panel talking about the Emmy snub. I think the person moderating it asked a question about it. And Tatiana Maslany, as awesome as she is, gave an awesome answer. She said, I just think we're at a point where television is extremely exciting. I just feel really lucky to be at this point in history, in television history, making a show like this and in the company of shows like that. The Emmys are lovely and wonderful, but for me, it's more hearing the response from the fans and seeing the fan art. Honestly, being in this room, that is why we do it. Um,
1: well, that- she she does know her audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she does. And those are the kind of moments that I do think make this so wonderful. And BBC really gets it and they they had a fan get together they had a panel at comic-con they had um, a panel at nerd hq which we'll talk about in a moment um they really got it and it wasn't just about promoting the dvds or talking about what's to come but it was about celebrating um both the content creators and the art as well as the fan community that that loves it cool So I just want to mention Nerd HQ a little bit. Um, For those of you who don't know, this is Zachary Levi's organization. Um, Some of you might remember him as a star of Chuck. And he puts together this parallel conference that happens at Petco Park, which is the uh, baseball stadium over there. Um, Baseball? Football? Both? I think both. No, no, I think just baseball. And um, they're not allowed to have baseball games there while Comic Con's going on because it would be a disaster. Um, <laughs> that many people in that small amount of place. So, Petco Park is just open. So Zachary Levi has Nerd HQ there, which um, there are panels you can, they cost $20 for tickets. I tried to get tickets to a bunch and they sold out within seconds. But um, what's cool about Nerd HQ, you don't have to pay an admission pass. You get in for free and you can play around and try out things. And all the panels, they're all online for free on like right after the panel has ended which is so cool so we'll put a, sh- a link in the show notes but you can go right now and watch the nathan Fillion panel you can watch the ladies who kick butt panel you can watch the orphan black panel so much awesome stuff is right up there for free thanks to zachary levi and his group and it all supports his charity operation smile which helps children with uh with cleft mouths mouths so that is awesome um so, way to go, Zachary Levi.
1: He's awesome.
0: He's really cool. I really, really think he's cool. Um, so there was some big comic news, which we should probably talk about. Did you hear about the Star Wars comics?
1: I heard a couple of things, but I don't know details.
0: So, this is really interesting. Um, so, some of you might know that um, Dark Horse, who has been making Star Wars comics for decades. Their license was up this year, and um, Lucasfilm did not renew. Why didn't Lucasfilm re- renew? Well, they're owned by Disney now, and Disney owns another certain comic book company you might all be familiar with, mm-hmm. named Marvel. So um, Marvel is now doing the Star Wars comics, and I actually was at the Dark Horse booth because I was trying to buy, they have a trade now of the Star Wars, which we talked about in our WonderCon episode. So they have a hardcover, beautiful trade. I was trying to get it. It was sold out. But I talked to the guy there, and I said, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I really love the work you." guys have done for star wars and he was so sad
1: oh he was
0: really sad he's like we're all really bummed about that but you know we we get what they're doing you
1: know i kind of saw that this was probably coming though
0: there's no way it could not happen
1: i mean you can't you can't like it just was bound to happen this is just them tying up all their all their loose ends (sighs) sorry
0: that's OK. I mean, that's um, that's what happens. And, you know, Marvel um, did announce that uh, they're having, I think, three different series now. They're going to have a Star Wars series, a Princess Leia series and a Darth Vader series. Um, and these all take place right after Episode four, A New Hope. Um, the one I'm really excited about is the Princess Leia series. It's mm-hmm. going to be written by Mark Wade. Uh, <laughs> Who is awesome? We love Mark Wade. Uh, Jose Cardona mentioned him in our mental health episode um, with um, "Incorruptible." I believe was his recommendation by Mark Wade. Um, So this is going to be really excited. I can't. I'm really excited to see this Princess Leia series.
1: I bet you are.
0: Conrad
1: um, Bill and I were actually just talking about this the other day These are the kinds of things that we talk about When we're like Randomly cleaning our apartment But you know I know slave Bikini Leia Gets like a ton of play And obviously she gets a ton of cosplay and whatever But like Hoth Army Commander Leia Is so much hotter
0: Heck yeah I am right there with you Conrad
1: um, I also like Bounty Hunter Leia An awful lot <laughs>
0: Someone asked a question about Bounty Hunter layout at at, um, my panel on the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. Um, The panel I do with Andrea Ledimenti. There was a question, and someone asked um, who would win. And at first, the moderator Brian Ward said we're not answering those questions. And then we had extra time, and then they went back and they said, "Okay, okay." uh you over there with the question about who would win what's your question and he's like um who would win in a fight bounty hunter leia or ahura and we're like that's that's it um i i think that answer is pretty clear it's got to be bounty hunter leia um So that did come up in our panel. But yeah, I totally agree with you. And this is this comic series is kind of looking at that era of Leia. How did she respond and deal with the destruction of Alderaan? So I think that comic series was going to look pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. You know, I will. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll
0: we'll see how um how the Star Wars news plays out. Um, some more comic news IDW, who has the license to Star Trek, um, the license to Doctor Who, um, and now the license to Planet of the Apes, announced that they're going to do a Star Trek slash Planet of the Apes crossover comic series. I'm very excited about that. I knew Uh, you
1: were.
0: (laughs) Those are two of my favorite things. And if anyone um, on the show hasn't read already, check out their amazing Star Trek Doctor Who crossover, which not only has the Next Generation crew and not only has the 10th Doctor, but they also... Wait, 10th Doctor or 11th Doctor? I think 11th Doctor. But they also have the original series crew and a certain very popular doctor who wears a very long scarf. So um, they did a really nice job with that crossover. So I think this Star Trek Planet Apes crossover will be pretty interesting as well. They also have the IDW um, also has the Ninja Turtles uh, license and they presented on the Ninja Turtles at 30 panel, which um, we'll have more footage of on our bonus episode. So they've been doing some good stuff. I really um, I like that company. Cool. Um, just to go over what was missing, no mention of Jurassic world at all. No mention of star Wars episode seven, um, A lot of people thought there wasn't going to be anything because Disney has its own conference they do. It's called D23. And next year, there's also the Star Wars Celebration Convention that's happening. So they might be saving stuff for that. Or they might just be realizing that everyone in the world is going to see this movie. So why bother?
1: Well, I think it's that. I also think if you've been seeing some of the updates that have come through um you know the different photos and and things like that i just think they feel like they probably have enough of that and i think they also probably want to save it up a little bit yeah and they don't want people to get tired of it before they get too close to it
0: once jj abrams he um He likes to keep things a little secret, but he's been loosening up a little bit. Like we did see that um, the footage of the new X-Wing that came out last week, I believe. Um, So there's there's stuff that's coming out. Um,
1: Uh, But I also in some ways, I agree with him. Like, I think that there is especially with a film like this where everybody's trying to figure out everything that that is going to be new and unique about it. I I think you kind of have to try to keep things under wraps to make it fun.
0: Yeah, and fun it will be. Um, I can't wait for us to talk about that. I know it's like December 2015, but I'm really excited for that one. Um, no mention at all of Terminator Genesis, which I'm not. Ex- I don't really care about, even though I love that series. But you'd think they would make some type of announcement at Comic Con. Nothing about the new Fantastic Four reboot. No Doctor Strange announcement, even though we know Marvel is going to be making a Doctor Strange. Um, the other thing that didn't really happen that I'm pretty happy about, no major stories of, of harassment have gone on. There was this big controversy with San Diego Comic-Con in that they, they haven't made a big public announcement about a anti-harassment policy. They have one listed on their website, but they haven't really done anything big about it. Um, but they sent out an email before um, mentioning their anti-harassment policy. And to my knowledge, I haven't seen any big reports of big things that happened. That being said, I still saw a lot of creepy people with big cameras taking pictures without asking. I saw a lot of guys asking women, can I take a picture with you because they're in cosplay and then they put their hand all over the other person, which is not okay at all. No. Um, and you know there's that whole cosplay is not consent consent movement which is which is good so i did see subtle not subtle but you know I, no major reports have come out um so i'm pretty happy about that so looking back um how do you think this comic con ranks against others
1: well i can't you know i like i hear what people are saying just about the the film piece there not being too many announcements but i i have to say i think that the television show announcements kind of took over a bit um you know i i just think it's it's one of those things there's going to be peaks and valleys with it yeah um but it looked like it was a lot of fun i was envious of you the entire time you were there and you and you got to you know you, you got to meet some really fun people which is awesome um yeah. and so i don't know i like i i don't i can't really rank it
0: well i think it as, as someone who attended I did not see any of the stuff we just talked about. (laughs) You know, my Comic-Con experience, we'll get to it when we get to our top five, but it was much more personal and focused on panels that didn't necessarily break out into the news. Um, So I had a great time, but I think if someone is watching this from afar... I think the only big news that really got out, um, you know, besides the Wonder Woman photo, um, I don't really think any major news came out from the Marvel panel. Um, I think most of it was the TV news. Mm. Uh, I think you're right about that. And, um, last year there were some very big memorable moments. Um, we had, um, we had the reveal of, Batman versus Superman. We had um, uh, we had Loki appearing on stage.
1: (laughs) Why is Loki so awesome?
0: Oh man! So um, and we had the whole cast of uh, X Men: Days of Future Past appear on stage. So there were some pretty big memorable moments last year. I don't think there's that one big iconic moment that exists for this year. Hmm. Um, So. I mean, io9 wasn't really very happy with this Comic-Con. They said, and I quote, this was the most meh Comic-Con we've ever seen, and it might be a sign that Comic-Con is collapsing under its own weight. I don't necessarily agree with that last part because I think Comic-Con hasn't always been about the Hollywood presence. It has been since X-Men and Spider-Man came out, the movies. But, um, comic Con has always been about celebrating this community, and I don't think that's gonna change if Hollywood is there less, that makes me happy because that means there's less there's more room to do the other stuff that I actually enjoy more true,
1: true, and speaking of, are you ready
0: to venture into the infinite crossover chamber?
1: comic God! Nice.
0: Thank you. I kind of panicked. I didn't know what I was going to say. This is
1: going to be a pretty quick crossover chamber, I suspect, but... <laughs>
0: Why is it that whatever we mash up Marvel against a competitor, it's a pretty fast crossover?
1: I don't know. I think I think today it's more because we've been talking... <laughs> So um, But no, no, I, this was this was destined to be a short crossover in the beginning. But um,
0: all right. Well, we're crossing over Marvel Entertainment, the entity that makes the Marvel studio films as well as the Marvel TV shows and crossing them against Warner Brothers, who makes the DC Entertainment properties so including their films and their TV shows and the question dear listeners we are asking today is who won San Diego Comic-Con 2014 what do you think conrad
1: you know there i don't know i don't know I, I you know there's there were some really good moments uh dc had a lot of tv buzz there was all the stuff with uh steven mel that i was talking with before i mean as i said he was all over the place he was doing silly stuff like um, he and Orlando Bloom were, were posing for photos together as, as like brothers in arms archers or something like that. Like, um, you know, I think, I think that, um, from that point of view, I think DC does TV really well. Um, yeah.
0: and but, they have a lot of TV coming out this year.
1: Right. Um, There's- but you know avengers had like a great panel with their with their cast they had the the lucy lawless announcement um you know it like for for the tv piece with the agents of shield um you know I, like there were some really good moments but they were mainly like to me the tv moments were bigger than their film moments
0: yeah yeah
1: um but then but then you know the, the superman batman panel was pretty Other than the Wonder Woman reveal, it was a little boring and terrible, and I feel like it wasn't very nice to the fans. oh,
0: it really wasn't. And it was also just, you compare that to Marvel, um, they had the uh, cast of Avengers walking out to Michael Jackson's Don't Stop. And, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was kind of doing some dancing. He brought out some roses and was spreading out roses all over the place. And then, um, you know, the cast looks like they're having fun. And then, Th- um, uh, the actor who's playing Thanos, he comes out, uh, and he's like, he asks, uh, Robert Downey Jr., where's my rose? And they had this like fun moment, right? And he came out wearing a Thanos glove, um, You compare that with the Warner Brothers panel where um, they look confused. They don't say anything. They do just take a selfie with Chris Hardwick. Um, And Chris Hardwick was cool there, but he's always cool. Like, you know, it's Chris Hardwick. So it just didn't seem like they had much joy or much they weren't having fun up there. They just kind of
1: walked out and walked back. They didn't say a single word, Conrad. Well, you know how I feel about that already. So,
0: I know. I know. I do want to say that I'm more excited about the Warner Brothers TV shows. Like, I am really excited to see Gotham. Um,
1: well, that's what I was going to say. Like, they had a lot of good buzz going on on the TV side of things. Um, but I don't know. It's... Uh, to me, I don't want to say it's a tie. I think I think they did some really good things on both uh, both sides, but mainly with with the TV shows. I think you're right.
0: Well, and I, I don't. Uh, let me. Uh, thicken the plot a little bit um, my buddy Lowen and I went to the Marvel Cup of Joe panel um, and this is where they have um, Marvel's uh, Joe Cosetta uh, who's the editor and is he the editor in chief or is he, is he um, uh, the CEO I'm not sure but he's a big wig he's like the top person at Marvel Comics and they had a whole panel with him where basically him and, and some of the big writers where you can ask them any questions and uh the guy who writes spider-man uh saw this little boy dressed in cosplay and he really thought that boy was very cute and cool so he invited him onto the panel to sit next to him to be his personal minion during the panel right (laughs) like it was very cool it's engaging the fans um they they they're very much um celebrating um celebrating their community now, right after that was the Batman at 75 panel, um, which is DC's panel. And this was celebrating um, Batman in comic book form, um, in DC Comics, on TV with the Adam West show, with the Batman the Animated Series show, with Batman Beyond, and then in movies as well with all the different um, incarnations of Batman. It, it kind of felt like an advertisement. To be completely honest with you, they're like, well, and uh, things started with Adam West, and uh, the Adam West DVDs are going to be on sale soon. And then, um, and now uh, we have Batman, this brings us to the present where we have Batman Hush, which is on sale for this weekend only. And um, also, you know, and everyone is wondering, is Ben Affleck going to appear? Because last year, Henry Cavill appeared at the same exact panel, the Superman 75 panel, and he didn't. And all this showed at the end was, um a picture of batman in the new film superman in the new film and wonder woman in the new film and that was it so it just didn't f- it felt more like an advertisement where marvel was advertising their stuff too but they did it in a cool way you know mm. um uh, there was even some love for miss marvel and um Someone asked in that Cup of Joe panel, where do I get started with comics? And uh, one of the writers said, check out Miss Marvel. It's a great introduction to what a comic book character can be. So it just – I think Marvel just does a much better job of communicating, of engaging. And I know it's all business. I know it's marketing. I know they're selling their stuff. But they do it in such a more of a fun way and make it more interesting. And I, I, I really feel like Warner Brothers and DC has dropped the ball for quite a long time now. And they've been playing catch-up and they have not caught up.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm more swayed toward the Marvel side of things in terms of this Comic-Con. in thinking just about the announcements and the different things. I mean, I just... I think that they they market smartly and they handle things. And, you know, I do understand that it's marketing, but I I actually think that their people do actually enjoy, or it feels like they enjoy anyway. It does. It it totally feels
0: like that. It totally feels like that. And one of the things that Marvel did this year is they recorded most of their panels and they uploaded to YouTube the best hits of those panels. So we'll link to those in our show notes, but I did not see... DC doing that Hmm. and Warner Brothers doing that. Um, The DC Warner Brothers panels that I've seen online were recorded by people in the audience, not, you know, directly high quality records recordings from Warner Brothers. So I'm going to give it to them for that reason that I think they're more fun and they've made their stuff more accessible online to people who couldn't make it to Comic-Con.
1: Cool. Well, Marvel it is then. You are the winner of this crossover chamber.
0: So, um, Joe Cosetta, please do get in touch with Conrad or I, and we will send you your Super Fantastic Nerd Hour award for winning this crossover chamber.
1: What's the award? Uh, lunch with it. us.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, 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 <laughs> lunch with <to> us. <laughs> Transportation to New York City is not provided, um, neither is lodging, but we will take you out for a burrito. I
1: don't want to eat a burrito.
0: What do you want to get I with don't know. Joe Cosetta?
1: Maybe barbecue or something.
0: All right. We could do that. We can uh, take him to our favorite barbecue place here. Sure. Uh, maybe invite Bill since he loves barbecue so much.
1: Too. No, no. Bill's not allowed to have barbecue. He ate all the ribs the other day and didn't save me any.
0: <laughs> okay. Bill is excluded. Totally. From this. Yeah. So before we completely lose our minds, because um, you and I are so tired, <laughs> so let's get to... Uh, I have a good... Ex- well, we both have good excuses. Um Let's get to our top five San Diego Comic-Con moments. This is what I've been so excited to talk to you about.
1: All right, go. Because uh, I don't have them, so it's <laughs> all going to be you. So let's all right.
0: go. All right, my number five. Um, and let me tell you how I picked these. Um, uh, I, I basically picked uh, things that um, were kind of unique that um, are real, true Comic-Con moments that you just can't have anywhere else and they're very memorable and fun moments for me. So it starts with uh number 5. Geeky TSA agents.
1: So so they let you take your broken phaser through.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So as people who are following me on Twitter know, I broke my phaser last week, which really Really, it was devastating. It was two days before Comic-Con. I spent hours trying to figure out how to put it back together. And I ended up figuring out how to do that thanks to YouTube. Crazy glued it all together. Um, and then I totally thought it wasn't going to be an issue bringing it on the airplane. Because I thought you put it through the x-ray and you see that this is clearly not a real weapon it's it's made out of this resin polycarbonate material ollie
1: ollie ollie (laughs) what people take stuff like this to comic
0: Con all the time for their cosplay and i was doing some Uh, spock cosplay they probably
1: Um, do but they probably check it no
0: well, so I didn't have any ch- anything that I was checking. So I was flying out of LaGuardia and um it I was really concerned about being fragile <laughs> and possibly breaking again, so I wrapped it up really tightly. So basically a TSA agent saw a very uh, something that's in the f- in the form of, um, of a weapon that was deeply packed and tightly wound and all that stuff. So there I heard them say, "I I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that's a toy gun. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. And then I heard him talking. and I was like, oh, I think you guys are talking about my thing. I've got I've got a Star Trek phaser replica in there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and which was totally meaningless to them. And this one guy who looked really angry grabbed my bag took it all the way to the side and was said, sir, is this yours? I need you to come here immediately. Now I was terrified. My heart was racing. I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, my first immediate thought was not like, are they going to boot me off the plane? Um, my first thought was, are they going to take away my phaser? Um, so-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling so bad for you right now. This is like horrible. Uh,
0: after all the work that I put into to fix it, um, I was really stressed. And so he unwraps it slowly because he didn't know what this thing was. And he opened it up, looked at it and he was like, what is this? And I said, um, if you've seen the last two Star Trek films, this is a replica of the phaser from it. It's a part of my costume. And then he just stopped me right there. And he's like, do you know how irresponsible it is for you to be bringing this to the airport? Blah, blah, blah. He was really angry. Then out of nowhere, This man appears, another TSA agent. He looks at that. He looks at me and he says, are you a Trekkie? And I say, yeah, I am. And he says, are you good in Comic-Con? And I say, yes. And then he turns to the guy who was inspecting the phaser and he said, don't worry about it. This guy's cool. Let him go.
1: Oh, that's so nice. Right? And honestly, I you know, uh, I've, I've run across some very nice TSA agents from time to time, but overall, my experiences have not been positive.
0: I had one very positive experience of TSA, and that was in Hawaii. Uh, they were sup- They were singing Bruno Mars, and they were super happy. And I told them, I'm like, you guys are the nicest TSA agents I've ever met. And they're like, oh, are they not like us in, in, um, in the mainland? And I was like, mm, no, not quite. Um, I also want to say on my trip back from San Diego to New York, um, I I learned my lesson and I had it unpacked, the phaser, and I showed them beforehand. And the guy was really nice and he said, I just have to take this to my manager and get clearance. So he brought his manager over. The manager looked at the phaser and verbatim, this is what the guy said. This isn't the weapon you're looking for. Be on, be on your way
1: well one would hope that the T- one would one would hope that the tsa agents in san diego would be you know on board with the whole comic-con
0: thing. oh yeah yeah no he was super nice so thank you to the geeky tsa agents who made my uh star trek cosplay possible all right my number four is um the max brooks san diego comic-con panel
1: You sent me a couple of photos from this.
0: I did. I did.
1: I was very happy for you. I was like, oh, he's having such a good time. This looks amazing.
0: I was totally, uh, totally geeking out. So Max Brooks, our listeners, and uh, hello to any reanimated listeners out there. You probably know Max Brooks as the guy who wrote World War Z. So he was doing this panel. And, um, and again, I should say a lot of highlights from all these panels are on our tweet feed and it'll be in the bonus content as well. We'll have a good chunk of this panel on there. Um, but before the panel starts, um, my, my buddy Loan and I were in the front row and we were very excited for this panel and he was going to talk about, you know, the stuff that he's worked on in the past and stuff he's working on for the future. And, um, he's, it was just him and, uh, one of his, I believe editors for a comic he's working on. Anyways, the whole panel was largely empty besides the whole stage was empty besides uh, the two of them. So he said, "Um, you guys, I don't really like having an empty panel. So um, you in the front row, um, Joker, I want you up here. Come join me. Um, Dr. Bashir, I want you up here as well. Um, uh, We're going to get some anime people. um, Ladies over there, if you guys could join us as well. And uh, you right there, sir, you come up too. And so these people went up and I was looking around and I'm like, Dr. Bashir, I don't see a Dr. Bashir here. And Lohan leans over to me and he's like, he's talking about you. <laughs> I'm like what <laughs> So
1: he oh was, no he thought you were Dr. Bashir
0: <laughs> No but this is this I thought it was even cooler Conrad because it was almost like he read my mind and he's like all right this guy's wearing blue he has a Starfleet insignia on um, he is uh, he is of darker complexion um, so well, I'm just gonna call him Dr. Bashir It's almost like he knew that Star Trek Deep Space 9 is my favorite Star Trek series mm-hmm. um, It's so. Oh, he calls us up, and we're on the panel. It's we didn't really talk or anything, but we're sitting there up on the panel. So I had a like row, even more front row seat to what ended up being my favorite panel of Comic Con. He was funny. He was eloquent. He was honest. He was talking about um, social justice issues. He shared the whole story. Of how he feels about the World War Z movie, and he was not holding anything back. He was talking about the problems of the Hollywood industry. He was talking about his new projects. Um, We'll have a good chunk of this on our bonus segment, and it it was amazing, Conrad. Such a great panel. He's such a cool guy.
1: Yeah, he seems. I just he's done like a ton of. um, He was on Reddit and and you know the Ask Me Anything. Um, and he was just very open on that. And I've seen him interacting with fans and, and just on a few of these different panels, not necessarily at Comic-Con, but just other speaking engagements. And he always seems to just be very well spoken and really thoughtful in his answers. So. Yep. Um, I am so psyched that you got to see this. I'm really glad that it's on your top five. I am insanely jealous, of course. <laughs>
0: um, well, I guess that's kind of one of the things that happens when you're the son of Mel Brooks is you're going to be funny. Um, and he's he's funny, eloquent. Uh, just to, If anyone ever has a chance to, to see him live, definitely um, do it because he's, he's kind of like Kevin Smith in, in just how entertaining can, he can be and how honest he is. Uh, and that is very rare at many of the more more well-manicured panels that fill up hall H. So that that was a totally awesome experience. I really, really enjoyed seeing Mel, uh, Max Brooks live.
1: Cool. So
0: uh, number three, um, this one is probably not one... Um, People will be able to predict unless they're very closely following the Nerd Hour updates. Um, so number, uh, what number one, number yeah, number three. Number three is um, Stupid Buddy Studios. Now, you may not be familiar with that name, Stupid Buddy Studios, but this is a studio behind Robot Chicken. Um, those of you who haven't seen Robot Chicken before, it's the stop motion, uh, TV show that's on, um,
1: gosh, what channel is it on? Um, I believe it's on Adult Swim.
0: (laughs) On Adult Swim. Yes. Which is on Cartoon Network. Right. Yep. And, um, are you a fan of Robot Chicken? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's awesome, right? So, um, I, uh, I got to meet, um, one of the animators who set up shop at Nerd HQ um, and this was that free part of Nerd HQ that anyone can go and, and see. And I posted a few photos of the of them on uh, on Nerd Hour's Twitter feed, and um, got to talk to this guy. And I talked to one of the other employees there um, about what they do. Um, you're going to be a little upset at me, Conrad, because I recorded an interview with them that I then failed to press the record button on.
1: <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and did you have this happen more than once?
0: Oh man, it happened. <laughs> it happened a few few times, Conrad. you know, um, it'll happen one more time and I'll, I'll mention that with my number one, but, um, I was too excited. I nerded out too hard and I got, I uh, got a little overwhelmed. The reason why I was so excited at um, seeing the stupid buddy studios, uh, setup is they were doing some live demonstration there. And, um, the animator who was there walked me through everything, how they do it. And it is painstaking the process of lighting and setting up the 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 dolls and and all of that the action figures whatever you want to call them and he was wearing this power glove and i was like so what's it you know this nintendo power glove and i'm like what's the deal with the nintendo power glove and he said um oh this this isn't just to look cool i've hacked this thing so i can use it to control the camera and to control the figures while i'm setting up the shots and i was like that is so cool. <laughs> nice. And, and he also, um, the eyebrows in Robot Chicken are made with this putty. So he sets up the putty on his power glove and uses it, um, uses a power glove to store it in between shots. And I was talking to Lee, who was there, who works for Stupid Buddy Studios, and I was asking her, how long does it take? to film an episode. And she said, well, we have 18 animators and it takes them about a whole day's worth of work to do about 18 seconds of footage. So if you do the math, um, that's, it takes. I mean, uh, that,
1: that particular, I mean, stop motion is still, I mean, so time consuming.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, um, uh, the, the animator who was there said it, um, oftentimes he might spend all day just setting up a shot, setting up the lighting, setting up the camera, setting up the figures, and it's the next day he actually starts shooting. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. The videos that they made there, they've posted on Instagram. And the one that he was working on when I left was um, two Doc Browns dancing with each other. Um and mm-hmm. then I think they also did uh, a young Clint Eastwood fighting an old Clint Eastwood. So we'll put the link on there. Um, they were really cool people. They were super fun, super generous with their time. Um And um Lee, I am so sorry. I, I gave them the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour card to check us out online. And Lee, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. We... I totally butchered the interview forgot to hit record button so <laughs> I apologize but I love you guys you guys are really cool um, all
1: right Ali number two I'm rain you in
0: <laughs> number two my number two are the comic-con how-to panels so this is the stuff that never makes it out, and there's all this press about Comic Con's horrible. It's so many people you can't get into any of the panels. Blah blah blah. But all those big articles really miss over the core of what makes Comic Con awesome, and it, the core of it is connecting with cool people. And one of the ways in which the Comic Con has been doing that in a very awesome way recently is there's a whole how-to series. There's um, th- this is all on content creation how do you become someone who writes graphic novels? I went to a panel on that and that was awesome. Um, There was a a writer and illustrator who basically walked you through his whole process and what you need to know. There was a panel on how to become a voice actor. There was a panel with female content creators about how to create more female driven content. Um, and we we or I did a lot of the live tweeting from that one, which you can check out online. And there was a lot of really cool stuff like that. So Comic-Con isn't just about these Hollywood panels, these big kind of big budget uh, flagship panels. But it's also about these more intimate experiences where you get to learn how to become one of these really cool people. And I loved that.
1: Cool. Well, I really want to know what your number one is. I'm very excited to hear this. I have a feeling that I know what it might may maybe.
0: You probably know what it is. Um, my number one is meeting cool geeks. Um, it's you can't get better than that when it when it comes to my experience of Comic-Con. Is that what you kind of thought it would be or some version? Uh, of
1: I thought it would be that. Yes.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I thought it might be hanging out with Loan, too, but, you know.
0: Well, that's kind of a part of it. Um uh you know one one of the really cool things is uh listeners we got to meet uh, a bunch of us got to meet and uh the nerd our crew was hanging out in force. Um, at the two panels I was doing, the psychology of cult TV panel, as well as the um, psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars panel. We'll have more samples of those on the bonus episode. But, um, I got to meet some really cool people and people who listen to the show and people who don't listen to the show. Um, I want to give shout outs to some of these cool people that I met, um, at BrainWise. Um, We got a chance to meet and hang out and talk. And we've spent a lot of time talking on Twitter before, but never met in person. And so um, he's a really awesome, nice guy. And we got to chat about some of the episodes we've done. And I got to chat about what he does. And that was really cool. I also want to give a shout out to Alan at the eldergeeksman.com. Uh, we'll put a link on his blog. Um, he was a cool guy who came up to me, who I'd never had met before, but talked to me about um, – getting into the super fantastic nerd hour and um how he really enjoys the show he said he just listened to the nintendo episode on drive down we had a really cool conversation and it felt like i got to make you know a new friend meet a new person and then it was the other people i met um um alex uh, alexis newton um She's this really cool person that I met. Um, We'll put a link to her stuff. She's at Alex Newton on Twitter. And uh, we started talking about um, science fiction and how science fiction reflects uh, the times we live in. And I asked her this question. I was like, why do you think science fiction in the past few decades is focused on the internal universe of our mind? So if you look at Neuromancer and you look at Matrix and if you look at um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, why has this happened? Because this is what she's writing her thesis on she's like oh that's an interesting question and then she went home and wrote a blog post about it and sent it to me the next day about what her thoughts are and I was like what a cool world we live in where stuff like this can happen
1: <laughs> seriously uh, that's awesome right?
0: and then um, uh, Lena Ahmed Taylor uh, we met and she was cosplaying as uh, a commander from Star Trek The Next Generation we ended up talking about what Star Trek means to us and um, so there was a lot of new people I got to meet. I got to hang out with some of my other friends um, from previous cons. Larry Nemichek, the great Dr. Trek, Larry Nemichek, Of course, my partner in crime, Andrea Lettamenti, as well as um, Brian Ward, our moderator from our Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars series. Um, Janina Scarlett um, on Twitter as at Shadowquill. She was the one who ran the Psychology of Cult TV panels that I was on and hanging out with her was awesome. I also got to hang out with Travis Langley, who's a superheroologist on Twitter, and Billy, who's Billy Sense. I got to meet this guy on on this panel, and um, that was awesome. And then, of course, I got to—this was really cool—I got to hang out with Rod Roddenberry and Sam Witwer from Being Human and uh, from Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars Clone Wars on— the Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars panel. They were such awesome guys, so much fun to hang out with. But, I mean, nothing's better than hanging out with my lifelong friend, Loan Baumgarten throughout this whole convention, sharing all these experiences together. And we're two guys who grew up being close friends since third grade, but we didn't realize we were both geeks until after we graduated high school because we never talked about this stuff, which is really sad to me when I think back to it because we were too shy and afraid and a worried what people would think of us if we do talk about these things openly. And to go from that point of our lives to this point where we were both, you know, um, celebrating the stuff, going to all this stuff together, that was really meaningful to me. So um, hanging out with and meeting cool geeks was definitely my number one.
1: See, I knew Lone was going to top the list. Come on. He's
0: like my total he, yeah yeah you there's no way and as
1: so. he should just say as just he's
0: say. he's he's cool and he's just uh such a nice guy he gets to pretend to be like my handler sometimes when um i i gotta like run to a panel but i'm so like Um, stuck in this geekery moment talking to someone in line and he's like Ollie we really need to go to this other thing we should go and I'm like oh oh, okay okay Uh, let's go okay nice to meet you because I get so stuck in these awesome geek conversations
1: Oh, so you mean he plays the Conrad part of that that <laughs> partnership has gone. He
0: definitely does. He definitely <laughs> does, which also means we're getting close to the end here. I got a couple of honorable mentions. I know it's like honorable mentions only you're talking about this stuff. What's honorable mention? Just a few quick shout outs. Awesome gender-bending cosplay. I saw some awesome Lady Lokis. I saw some... Um, Mr. Harley Quinn's. Um, I saw a really cool uh, female Two-Face. Um, that was awesome. Lots of cool gender-bending cosplay. And then my other honorable mention is a lot of cool plush toys. There was a lot of really cool plush toys out there. I bought a plush Enterprise, a plush Viper from Battlestar Galactica, a plush X-Wing fighter. Wait,
1: what are you doing with these? They're in my office. Um, <laughs>
0: And <laughs> Today, one of my patients saw it and was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. We had our whole session with him um, having my plush toys kind of in his lap and he was kind of flying them around as we were talking about stuff. Um, So, yeah, it's all it's all for the it's for the children, Conrad, for the children.
1: uh, Number
0: one child being me.
1: All right. (laughs) Well, um, I am so glad you had so much fun at Comic-Con. Um, and I can't wait to hear the bonus episode. I hear there's some really cool stuff on there. I can't wait to hear the Max Brooks panel.
0: Yeah, we'll have the Max Brooks panel on there. Um, the panel about digging ET, that's going to be there. Um, the panel about creating female content, um, the pan, the, uh, m- amazing. Fight Club panel um, with David Fincher and Chuck Palahniuk, the writer um, and director um, of Fight Club. We're going to have stuff from that panel. Lots of good stuff. Look out for the bonus episode, hopefully later this week. Um, Lots of goodies are going to be on there.
1: Great. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. Um, We can be found online at think we we're gonna Super do fantastic
0: nerdhour.com <laughs> we can also be found on Twitter at nerdhour um, Conrad where can people find you this week
1: this week I'm on Twitter um, die Prince is my handle and Also on the other podcast, Reanimated, which is my podcast with my compatriot, Stuart Tiffin, all about zombies. That's ReanimatedPodcast.com and on Twitter, ReanimatedPCast.
0: And your last episode breaks into some of the news about um, zombies coming out of um, uh, Comic-Con? Mm-hmm. Nice. So definitely check that out for more Comic-Con coverage. Um, This week I am at Olimatu on Twitter. You can also check me out on braindosebetter.com where I'm the science fiction psychologist. We'll have a full recap of the Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars uh, panel there. And um, next week on the episode guardians of the
1: galaxy i can't wait it's
0: it's almost here Godrad.
1: i can't wait either but until next time
0: live long and prosper indeed